Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode eight of the Perfect Part Podcast. In today's episode, we're going to be covering what's happened in mine and Landry's games within the past week or two. We're going to be talking about the past two weeks of PGA Tour golf, and we're going to be discussing the top five mistakes you can make on the golf course. My name's Carter Straup. As always, I'm joined by Landry Hampton. And as I said, we are going to be starting with the State of Our Game segment. It's been a little while since we did a podcast. We've Landry and I have both been very, very busy, but we decided we'd catch you guys up on our game. So Landry, what's happened in the past two weeks? Uh, nothing much, just working on a few things, trying to make sure my swing plane's um, st- still sharp, making sure my short game is on time and on, on point. Um, one thing that uh, happened this past week, uh, for the first time ever, I shot under par um, at the Legacy Golf Course at the main course where me and Carter play at. I had two birdies, one bogey, and it was the best round I've ever had in my life to this day. Um, hopefully I can shoot lower than that um, the next time I go out, but it was just one of the best days of my life and it's been the and i've been proud of it ever since and hopefully i can uh this turns into something more better as uh, my um golfing career goes on yeah uh that's great i mean the first first round you ever shoot under par um being nine holes which both of us have now done 18 holes neither of us have shot under par i don't think for 18 holes yet but we've been close but walk us through your your round of uh, thirty five. How did um, each hole go? Um, basically, all I was trying to do out there was just try to hit fairways and greens. That's the main thing. If you don't hit fairways and greens, a lot of times you're not going to be able to shoot under par. Uh, that's one of the key effects to it. So that day, I hit six fairways and seven greens uh, throughout the entire time, and that in seven greens, that's the highest I've ever hit. Um, when guarding uh, how many greens I hit uh, per round. And even Carter said, you can tell Carter, you may, I don't hit the green a lot of the times, but uh, I'm only missing by like a few yards. But that day I was really uh, hitting the ball well. I was putting great. And then where it started to get really uh, weird was on number five, I three-putted for – it was only three-putted once. It was on five. It was the – I lipped out from about six feet. That ticked me off. And then I went back, parted on six. And then by seven, it was the craziest thing. I hit, I think, a wedge up there to about maybe, I don't know, about probably 15 feet, rolled it in. And then on eight, I hit like a ball. And my dad's, and then I took out an eight iron from about 140. I hit it so pure. And dad said, oh, that's long. I actually landed about five feet by foot from the stick, and I hit and I hit um, uh, that birdie putt right in the hole, just right in the center of it. And that's basically those. That was the highlight of my round. Him making two straight birdies and getting to one under. Um, and on nine pole, that was the most nervous I've ever been because I didn't want uh, to skew this one up. I didn't want I didn't want to mess anything up. That that was the one thing I did not want to do, and I almost did, I hooked a drive, 
uh, hopefully, thank God, it stayed in bounds. Um, yeah, but uh, I'm not. I'm, I can handle pressure good sometimes. Sometimes it gets to me, but that was by far the best day I've ever had. And, but I know it's not going to be the best day I'll have ever uh, um, in my life. I know there's better days coming. Yeah, well, now it's just getting that in tournaments, right? Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. I, plan on, I plan on dominating them when I shoot on a bar. Yeah, that that's the hard part. But, yeah, it's great when you shoot your round, first round under par. I haven't shot a nine-hole round under par in quite a long time. For me, what's happened in the last little bit is I had one minor local tour event that I didn't play my best in, but I'm not going to go too in detail in it. It was a nine-hole, two-day event. Nothing much. I ended up in uh, sixth place, I believe, seventh place. Not not great. Definitely not my best. But uh, the big one I'm going to look at is the Hurricane. I played a Hurricane event at Champions Run, which is a golf course just outside of Murfreesboro. It um, is a it's a small little course. Uh, it's pretty open. It's got fast greens, not too small, but they're not large either. The there were very few bunkers, very few trees, a little bit of water, but overall it was a good uh, medium course, uh, medium uh, challenge course. It wasn't very hard. It wasn't really easy either. So day one, I got out there, uh, hit everything. Decent on the range, so was looking forward to the first tee. Hit a good drive, a nice draw down the left side. Had 60 yards into the green. Hit a low spinning 58 degree. It landed uh, about 10 feet short, skipped up and stopped. Uh, I had a six-foot putt for birdie, and guess what? I missed it, because what else do you do from six feet on a birdie putt? Um, So I ended up making par. Then I went on to par the next hole by making a pretty good up and down. Uh, I bogeyed the next hole, which is a a par par three, medium length, about 170 yards. But after that that hole, the next hole, I hit a drive that hit a golf cart. And because it hit the golf cart, it bounced out of bounds. So anytime you get a bounce like that, you know, not, not great. But after that hole, I never really could seem to get anything going. I would either miss a green and have a difficult up and down, or I would hit the green and have a really hard putt. Couldn't get any birdies or anything rolling. So, And it kind of stayed like that throughout the round till about hole 15. And if you don't know, Hurricane uh, Junior Golf Tour has uh, technology that they use. So most of the time, they won't give you a paper scorecard. They will give you a phone where you enter your scores, sign your scorecard. You can view the pin sheet, everything. It's very cool. But it malfunctioned on that Saturday. So I couldn't input any scores after hole 14 or 15, I believe. And so I was kind of freaking out because everybody else was able to. I couldn't enter. it, And so I let that kind of mess up my round a little bit. Really shouldn't have. Um, I know that, but. It ended up messing me up on 15 and 16, caused me, I should have made birdie and I should have made par on one of them, ended up shooting par bogey, but not my greatest. Uh, definitely, it was a little bit of mental towards the end of the round, at least, that cost me that. My putting wasn't great at all, and uh, you know my just I, I couldn't get anything rolling, so I think I ended up shooting 85 round one, not very good. 
But uh, that night, I kind of I sat down, like I've talked about in other episodes. I wrote out my problems, figured out where I really needed to improve for the next day. And it was really, everything was going right. My Well, my driver was staying pretty straight, but my irons were going right. And putting just was a little off. So I got to the course day two, hit a few more putts on the putting green, made sure to get the speed down. I got it. I felt like I got it more down, worked on getting uh, my face more closed on the driving range with my irons, got got good on that. So got onto hole one and hit a three wood this time because my driver was a little bit crazy, but I hit a three wood and I pushed it probably 50 yards right. So I was in a bunch of trees, nothing like my start to the other day. I think I had 120 yards to the hole. I was in the trees. There was really like no way out. I it was it would have even been hard to punch out. Uh, we could barely find my ball, but I did see a tiny opening into the green, very very low. I think probably three feet off the ground, just getting it close to the green. And so I took a four iron, uh, and I hit a punch fade that went through the through that gap, cut around the trees, ended up rolling on the green to about twelve feet. So. For me, that was a really confidence-boosting shot. Um, that was that was really good. And I ended up making the 12-15 footer and made birdie. So that goes to show you one thing that it kind of showed me in that moment was you can have what you think is the perfect hole, like I had on day one where I hit good drive, good wedge, but missed the six-footer. Or you can go out of bounds, hit a bad shot, recover with a good shot, and make the putt. So, you know, that that's how golf is sometimes. Um, I continued to make par until I think hole four. Hole four, I started, I made a bogey because of a bad three putt. And I kind of, again, I couldn't get anything going. Uh, my drives were all going right. And I was kind of scared to try and shut the face on my driver because I was afraid I was going to hook it. And a champion's run down the entire left side is out of bounds. So I would rather leak a little right than go left out of bounds. But the consequence of that was I had a lot of punch outs where I couldn't get to the green. So from holes four to seven, I think it was driver, punch out, wedge, two putt. So a lot of bogeys. It kind of stayed like that till around hole 10. I made a really good par on 10. And then starting on hole 11, or it started a little on hole 10, but mainly on 11, Uh, A storm blew in, so there was about 30, I'd say 40 mile per hour winds going on. I started my driver about 30 yards left of the fairway, and the wind took it all the way to about 20 yards right of the fairway, which it was a big fairway too, so which was crazy. Um, Hit it up onto the green, or hit it just short of the green, chipped it just onto the green, and they blew the horn for rain. We went into an hour and a half rain delay. This is only my fifth this was only my fifth round of hurricane and my third rain delay in hurricane, which was crazy, crazy unlucky. But then we got back out. I ended up two putting from where I was and got bogey. Uh, I think I parred uh, number 12, which is a par five. Uh, and then I parred one hole that uh, is really hard. It's a 225 yard par three over water. There's water down the right uh, of the green. And the green is a very hilly, um, hit it onto the green and made, uh, a two putt par, which was really good for me, uh, on those kind of par threes. 
uh, did a similar thing on 14. It was just a par four, though. And then they ended up blowing the horn again because there was more rain and thunder. So we went into another hour rain delay. And I came out of that rain delay telling myself that I really wanted to finish finish out with all pars. And so I ended up doing that, finished all the way through hole 18 uh, with all pars. I ended up still not shooting great. I shot 81, but it was definitely a, a turning point because, you know, my mental game, especially on the back nine, even through those rain delays, stayed strong. And I was able to change my irons. And one thing for me that's that stood out was uh, making a choice about my driver. So it kept going right. And I knew it was going to go right because I was leaving the face a little open. But if I tried to fix it on the golf course, I could overfix it and hook it left into out of bounds. So making good choices on the golf course, I think that was key for my round that day was even though I still caught, it still cost me three or four strokes that it shouldn't had. It didn't cost me six or seven. So it's about making good choices like that. Um, and I really think that was just a good turnaround point, uh, for my season. Um, I've got one, I think I have three tournaments in the next five days, which is crazy. One of them being a two day. And so I, I, I hope to do a lot better in those three tournaments, but crazy round. Uh, if you want to, you can read my in-depth, I do. Full, I do blog posts and kind of go over every single hole of the round, how it went and everything on my blog at carterstrap.com. You can go and check that out if you'd like. So for this segment, guys, uh, we figured we would go into uh, the top five mistakes you can make on the golf course. Uh, I have my own opinions on this. Landry has written a list of his own. We haven't seen each other's lists. We'll see kind of how they match up comment on each other's lists and so let's go on in here Landry what's your top five mistakes you can make right so in the in the round of golf you're always going to have certain mistakes um no but not or not any round of golf is ever perfect you're always going to have a shot that you look at you say I could have done better on this well the thing is it's there's certain issues issues and mistakes in the game of golf that really impact your score so I figure i make a list of my top five. I know they might be the same as other golfers around the world, whether professional or amateur or carters, but these are my top ones. Um, so number one, basically, it's the probably one of the biggest mistakes is not hitting enough club or not swinging the club. I usually have this problem myself because um, I'm not I don't have a fast swing speed, but before I started um, getting super speed sticks. I usually hit. I, I had a low swing speed, and I didn't swing the club very often. And that kind of helped. That kind of stopped me from getting close to the flag and missing distances and missing um, other uh, and the key pin locations I needed to get to in order to shoot better. And not hitting enough club. I, I mean, that's a common mistake by a lot of golfers, especially professionals. But it's that's one of the key mistakes in a good round and a bad round is is determining which club is the best to hit and how um, it'll affect um, your round. To me, that mistake probably costs players the average player about two strokes or one one to two strokes depending on how well their short game is. Yeah, definitely not having enough club is a very common issue, even with people I play with in tournaments. Really, because people think that they respect you more or they think better of you 
if you hit your 8-iron farther, but really, no one really cares how far you hit your 8-iron, as long as you can hit it accurate. I don't care if you hit your 8-iron 110 yards or 190 yards. Now, we might have an advantage if you hit it 190 yards. Yeah, but don't lie and say that you hit it so far. Because if you lie about it and pull an 8-iron and try and hit it really hard, chances are it's going to go more offline and you're going to end up with a worse shot than if you had just taken a 7-iron and hit a good shot with it. So that's really an ego problem that I see with a ton of golfers, amateurs, some professionals, uh, plenty of juniors. But definitely don't worry about how far you hit your clubs as long as you know what distance you hit them. Right. So. Um, my top two mistake is, uh, is also very key in a game, in the game of golf is forgetting about the fundamentals. Um, this right here is more common with average golfers and amateurs versus professionals. With professionals, it's rare for them to forget about the fundamentals because it's in their head. And they, because they've been practicing for so long, almost all their lives, or they've been practicing so hard for at least a amount of time. And they know the fundamentals inside their head, and they can just swing, and they can already feel the fundamentals working. Uh, for the average golfer or, or the, another amateur, that's kind of hard because you know we haven't been playing that long, or we don't practice enough. Um, that's very key in how 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 the ball travels on the course, and how many putts you make, how many chips get to the hole. Um, that's one of the key components in a great golf score, and that. Possibly the best impact it has. Obviously, the best. That I think the biggest impact of it all, I think, is around maybe three to five strokes, based on how it, because it, it may be in your short game, it may be in your full swing. But if you forget about fundamentals, it's definitely going to cost you um, in the um, in the round that you have, whether it's a good day for you, whether you make it putts, or it's a bad day. Yeah, I, I, I agree with this. I mean, people forget the fin- fundamentals way too much. I do it myself. Sometimes when you're hitting bad shots, it's best to just observe, okay, where are my feet aiming? Where's my ball position? How's my grip? And, and just very simple things like that that you think that your mind thinks are so simple that they couldn't be causing your problem. When in reality, those super simple things are what determine the most of where your golf shot goes just think about it aim aim is quite important if you've if there's a pin on the left side of the green and you're aiming at the right bunker unless you do some crazy flipping of the hands you're not going to get it over there um same thing with grip your grip you may leave your face wide open or way shut so just simple things like that will go a long way in fixing things here's um here's another one that i've I believe I've really went into and how how it, how how it compares to me very good. Um, my th- the third biggest one is possibly the biggest mental one if you think about it. It's being too impatient with results. We see this with so many golfers, including myself. I believe Carter. I'm not saying everybody. Everybody's guilty of it. Yeah, and that's even professionals. They think you know they want to be the best. They have to shoot lower and lower almost every day. The thing is, that's not what's that's not what golf's about. It's all about improving daily and daily. Your scores are not going to be the same or get lower every time you go out. You may shoot uh, sixty-seven one day, and then the next day you're going to go out and shoot seventy, and you're going to think, 
well, maybe if I don't get this good, if I don't shoot 63 tomorrow, you know, I'm not going to win tournaments. That's what some pros think. Um, but the main thing is, it's, I had this problem too, is, especially when I'm having a good round, I've been too patient with results. Like when I get to 18, I want to be eight over or nine over or whatever I want, whatever my goal score is. And so many people have that problem and it throws them off guard during the actual round and it never helps them. And that's really key on a, on a good golf score. Um, to me, the biggest impact it has, it, it may impact from a water ride. It may uh, maybe one to eight shots based on how, based on when you start thinking, you know, I have to per- play perfect the rest of the round. That is key in how you win versus how you play good and how you play bad. Yeah, that that's uh, that's another good point because um, yeah, All right. Uh, let's see. And uh, number four, basically, I think is probably the biggest um, regarding um, your good how well you shoot is not practicing short game enough. Like in the game of golf, short game is the biggest aspect to your game. If you if you can drive it three hundred yards. I mean, it's very common now because you need distance now in order to compete with some players. But if you don't have the short game, if you don't have uh, the putting, the chipping, the, the fundamentals of the short game, you're not going to succeed. Um, I've heard a lot of guys who hit it about 315 yards off the tee, especially with pros, and they can't ma- and they can't make a 10 footer for par, or a 10 footer for birdie, or a five footer for birdie. It's that's that's just how it is. Um, I see this with amateurs as well, and it's a very common thing, especially with um, especially with uh, some college players and especially adult players who are um, who are lesson coaches. They may not have the best short game, but they could give you the fundamentals of it. But like I said, if you don't practice your short game enough, you're not going to be um, able to uh, perform that the way you want to any day of the week. Um, the, and the impact this has probably is, as like I said, the like last on a wide variety because it's so important in this game. And I believe it's around one to ten shots based on how your day is going. Yeah, uh, short game is definitely one thing that I'm I'm guilty of not practicing enough, and I think a lot of people are. One thing I do to uh, help manage that is I like to keep track of my practice time, so I, I'll keep track of. Let's say I go on the range for an hour. I will write down or put it in something that I practiced on the range for an hour practicing, let's just say, irons. So, and then when I go on the green and I practice an hour, I put I practice putting for an hour. So after a week, I can go back and look and say, oh, I didn't practice near as much short game as I did irons. So um, for me, I, I I like to try and do everything about even. If I want to prioritize one thing, unless I'm hitting it really badly, I'm probably going to pr- try and prioritize short game just because how does the ball get in the hole 95% of the time? It's through putting. And so really what determines your score? Not fully, because I know if you get on the green in eight strokes, then that's not going to help. But for the most part, what determines your score is putting because that that is how the ball gets in the hole and that's the whole point of ending the hole so all right 
Yeah, especially with Tiger. I mean, when people look back, they say, well, Tiger was hitting it very farther than a lot of players back in his day, especially before people started getting a lot more distance. But it's not the fact that he drove it 300 yards. He was athletic. How do you think he won all? He won a lot of. He was so clutch in so many tournaments compared to golfers now. What do you think was the key for that? We all we all know the answer based on the mistake. Most golfers don't practice yeah. short game. When you look at almost every clutch moment he's had or every tournament he's dominated, Tiger is usually at the top every single time in short game. Um, fifth one, my the fifth biggest mistake to me. Um, is not using any sort of strategy. When while golfing, you have to have a sort of strategy when you're going out, whether it's just, you know, get a feeling for how you're um, hitting it or what shots, shapes you can hit, or not using any strategy, where to put the ball, where not to put the ball, what certain spots could you hit it. If you're just going out there and hitting, it's no use. You have to put a certain thinking into doing this. That's not how... It's very huge because it's very um, important because so many golfers, they just they just try to go out and say, I'm going to just try to shoot the best I can. You can't do that. You have to have a certain strategy. You go out there on that course, whether you play safe or you go all in. It's very difficult um, because so many golfers have different strategies, and sometimes it works for them, sometimes it don't. But if you don't have any strategy, there's no use in it. Yeah, that's one thing I do before Every tournament I play, I don't care if it's a one day, if it's a two day, if it's a three day or the U.S. Open. I'm going to at least go through every single hole on Google Earth and Golf Advisor and everything where I can find the yardage, what the hole looks like, different attributes about the hole and make notes of where I want to aim my tee shot, what I want to hit off the tee, where my best miss is. And same thing for the green, other than deciding which club, because that'll kind of depend. But, I mean, even even if you can't get a practice round, you can at least go on Google Earth and make some notes. So I, I always do that. That'll help you create a, uh, a game plan and strategy. Um, so that is, that is my fifth, my five biggest golf mistakes. And like I said, it's probably not like any other golfers or carters, but it definitely is some of the biggest mistakes some golfers make. So, Carter, what are your five biggest mistakes that golfers make? Well, I definitely agree with all all five of yours. Uh, definitely. M- yours are more centered around the golf swing and uh, overall, like, like, the stroke itself, which is great because mistakes are done with that, too. Mine are kind of more geared at how you play what can happen inside on on the golf course, but mine are also targeted more at uh, competition. Not necessarily. They can be applied to any golf round, but competition too. So mine are going to count down, but my number five is probably going to be ignoring your playing partner or partners, depending on how many people you're paired up with. One of the things that I did probably all of last year that I've learned is a big mistake is trading out your scorecards on the first tee, introducing yourself, and then talking as little as you can or not talking at all to your playing partners. Because talking to your playing partners allows your mind to kind of move from the stress of the round, especially if you're in a really stressful situation. So if you're in contention, if you're not playing well, 
just being able to talk to him, get to know him, asking, I mean, just asking how their golf game is and different things like that will relieve stress, even if it's subconscious, it will. Uh, Also, it's a great opportunity to meet new people, um, meet new friends, but definitely if you ignore them, then you have nowhere to get rid of that stress of the tournament or the round or whatever. And so it just all builds up and that will completely destroy your round. And all tournaments or even most rounds at most golf courses will supply you with people. And so you you need to learn to use everything that you have at your disposal for golf because you, and that's just a, a free thing you can use to help manage your stress in a round. Right. Um, especially, you know, I, I've always, I've always talked to every single person that I've always been paired with. One thing my dad's always taught me is you can be any person you want, but you have to show respect to any person you play with, whether they're, they have a bad attitude with you or a bad attitude on the golf course. But, but that's that definitely it relieves some of the pressure off you and it gets to know them. You, they may, you might make friends with them. You all may play rounds every now and then. But that's very key in how stress um, affects your, any whether it's a match play, whether it's um, tournaments, like all the tournaments that Carter plays. But like I said, definitely a big mistake a lot of golfers make, especially professionals. So my number four is trying to fix a swing problem on the golf course. So if you get out on the golf course and you start hitting hooks, let's just say you can't stop hitting hooks. The absolute worst thing you can do is be like, is say, okay, well, I must be doing this. I must be getting stuck. So I, I need to get unstuck. And the problem with that is you're going to try a bunch of different things. And unless something succeeds the first time you try it, it's just going to create even more doubt. And it might even put your swing in a worse position than it was before. So you definitely want to get rid of that hook, but you don't want to try and necessarily fix it on the golf course unless you're positive you can. So what I would do if you're hitting a hook on the golf course is do something similar to what I talked about that I did in my champion's run. Uh, match is figure out okay where is my best miss because if you're hooking it you're probably coming from the inside and you're swinging right so your two options are push or hook so if you have plenty of room to the left then okay play your hook maybe aim a little more right but if there's out of bounds to the left and you have more room right even if it's just temporary you're opening the face a little bit of the dress weakening your grip that that might help manage it you really unless you are for certain you know exactly what it is and can fix it use a band-aid on the golf course just to get you through your round and then when you're on the range afterwards that's when you can try and fix your issues in my opinion the golf course isn't a place to fix issues especially in tournaments now if you're playing up just a practice round okay that's different but I'm definitely guilty of this one, and I think most people are, but this one's definitely a big one for me. Yeah, um, definitely. I and I sometimes I don't have that ability. Um, for me, sometimes it's just simple things because um, some golfers they may have swing um, problems that are more complex. Some that are kind of hard to fix on the course, or or some golfers just have 
simple fixes. Maybe I'm coming too over the top and need to come more inside. That's more doable out there. Um, but yes, definitely one of the key mistakes uh, in a good round and a bad round. Okay, so my number three is uh, emotional control in the golf course. So one of the things you just cannot do and play good golf, you just you, you cannot do and play good golf consistently, I'll say, is get angry or get frustrated or get upset or do anything like that on the golf course. You're going to hit bad shots. Ben Hogan once said he hit one, two or three good shots, what he would consider good shots per round. So if a tour pro, who is probably considered one of the best ball strikers ever, only hits two or three good shots in a round, and the rest are not at his best, you're definitely going to hit some bad shots. And you've heard it before, but golf is a game of misses. If your worst miss is a 20-foot push, that and you, that's all you hit, you're going to be pr- pretty good because that is a very small miss. Um, but you, you just can't get angry. I, I don't care if you triple five holes in a row. If you get angry, you're more likely to triple that sixth hole than you are to par it or bogey it. So keeping your emotions in control, whether that's using talking to your playing partners, um, just just breathing, thinking about something else, just, just find something that works for you. Because if you lose control of your emotions in a round, you're, you're just... It's not going to end well. And I've seen too many people that I've played with just get get so angry. Like, I've seen people attempt to break clubs before on the golf course. I've seen people break clubs on the golf course uh, because they just got angry. And you, you just you, you can't do that. Uh, that's something that I think everybody struggles with. But maybe maybe some people struggle with more extremes. But... It's definitely an important one. By far. Sometimes I have that problem. Sometimes a lot of the golfers have it. Um, being, I've seen golfers break clubs before. I've seen them slam it. I've seen, uh, yes, I've seen people chew tee boxes out of the ground. Um, I've seen people break sticks for no reason. Not not their clubs, but actual sticks for no reason. Um, I've seen a lot of throwing clubs. I've seen that, but... Like I said, sometimes I do it. I've never thrown a club. I've slammed a few, but besides that, you know, that is very huge because it determines. It also shows the type of person you are. If you have a bad attitude, then a lot of people are going to want to play with you, and that's very key. Um, not only how people look at you, but how how it affects you mentally throughout the rest of throughout this entire time you play golf is how many is you know you're gonna look back one day and say well i I wish i wouldn't have just slammed clubs i wish i didn't do any of that stuff back in the day but um like i said very huge like carter said very huge and very uh fundamental to your to the game is keeping composure when hitting bad shots yeah so my number two is not taking the time on the golf course to make good decisions and again, it ties into most of what I've said this entire episode is good decisions is a huge, huge part of playing good golf. So when you step up to a shot 
And I know, at least in Hurricane, AGGA, and Stead's to, and like local tours, you're on the clock. So you have to be moving at a somewhat good pace. But at least take the time, even if you've already planned it, when you get on the tee box or get up to your approach shot, just look. Say, okay, where is my best place to miss? Is it left and short? Is it right and long? Is it left and long? Is it just short? Uh, just, just figure out where your best place to miss is. And then based on how you're hitting it, are you hitting a draw right now? Are you missing it with a push? Figure out what's the best shot you can get that hit that will turn out good if you hit it good. But if you don't hit it good, you're still going to be just fine and have a great chance at par. So taking the time to figure out where where things need, where you need to, where the best place for you to hit the ball based on you. Because... If you're playing with a buddy or somebody else and they say, oh, there's plenty of room to the left, but you're hitting a hook and you aim a little left, that's the, you, there may not be enough room. So you, you just need to find the best place for you to miss and plan it. Even when you're on the green, plan, okay, where do I, if I don't make this putt, where is the best place for me to be? Probably you want an uphill, um, depends on... If you like a right-to-left or left-to-right break, I prefer a right-to-left. So just fig- figure out where the best place to miss is. And I, f- I think by doing that, that will drop m- many people's scores just by because, again, you're going to hit bad shots. And so if you can make your bad shots better, that's how you get good at golf. You're, you, you never need to look at your best good shots because your best good shots are already get, are always going to be great but your best or your worst bad shot needs to be a good shot in order to play really really good golf absolutely um you know because we always i always like to you know plan out my misses where i need to miss it and where's the big uh trouble and where and how do i avoid it um especially um, in any practice round or any uh, or in competition, and I always and a lot of that ties into what type of greens you're playing, um, how fast are these greens, and you know sometimes I'll, I'll look over a putt and say, if I don't make it, do I either want to leave it short based on based on how the putt is, or do I leave it um, do I want to leave it past it and have a big downhill putt sliding all the way to the right? That all that ties in. But um, besides that, I think that was that's also very key in the score of golf. And what I think is the biggest mistake you can make on the golf course is not enjoying your round. Because if you don't enjoy, even if you're in a tournament, it, I don't care if you're in contention, if you're winning, if you're last place, if you're just playing for fun, if you're not enjoying it, why the heck are you out there? Because the whole point of golf, even if you're not as, maybe if you're making a living off of it, it's a little different. But if you're just playing it as a junior golfer or as an amateur or just in any way, then not enjoying your round is, you're not going to want to come back. And the whole point of golf is to have an enjoyable experience. So if, if you're not enjoying your round, then that is a big mistake because if you learn to enjoy your rounds, then that will already re- reduce stress and make the round more enjoyable and you'll probably shoot better. 
And if you can't enjoy golf, then then why are you doing it? That that I think is biggest mistake you can make. By far, if you're not if you're not enjoying your round, if you're not pl- if you're not enjoying all the good shots you're hitting or all the bad shots you've hit and you've been in your covering, there's no need in being out there if you're not having fun. The, the, the game of golf, sure, it's way it weighs a lot on your emotions, and I struggle with it. I don't think if you you need to be out there if you're not having fun with your round or you're not uh, wanting to be out there anymore because that's that's one of the key components and uh, a golf score is being into it. If you're not into it or you're you're showing that you don't want to be there, then you're not going to have a good round at all. You might as well just you know if you're in competition, you might as well just shake the hands and go home. I mean that's just that's just how it is. So, for the final segment today, we are going to be talking about last week's PGA Tour event, how it went down, how Webb Simpson won, and what what happened going up to that. So, Landry, what was your take on this past week's tournament? Um, well, to me, I really thought that um, I knew Webb Simpson was getting better. I had no idea he was not even a favorite of mine to win the tournament. I'm not sure he was anybody's favorite to win the tournament. But the one thing I've realized throughout his entire career is that he's sneaky good. Sure, he's 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 under the radar a little bit most of the time. But think about it, he's won a Players' Championship and he's won a U.S. Open. But I really did not expect him to go out there and perform the way he did, especially uh, during the final round. And I just, I didn't believe, I couldn't even believe that he was even up there. I just figured, you know, maybe... Dustin Johnson's going to come back. Brooks Kepka and Sergio Garcia, they're just going to dominate. That's why I always love to see the top players dominate, but sometimes you don't get it, and especially Webb Simpson. I mean, nobody understands. I, th- I never even thought he was even, even a favorite to win any tournament, but lucky, I guess he showed us that he's worthy. Yeah. Well, and I mean, talking just about Webb Simpson, I mean, if you're a golf swing nerd or geek or whatever, like like I am, and you look at his golf swing, it's not pretty. It's not conventional. He's got a cupped left wrist at the top. He comes really steep as a first move down. Hands are kind of tucked in. He gets it on a pretty good path. Shoulders are a little bit off. Hips are a little bit off. But he can control his path and his plane, which allows him to hit good shots from there. So even though he doesn't have a, a good swing to the eye, the the whole point of a swing is to make a uh, consistent impact on the golf ball. And so if his swing can do that, which apparently it can, then great. It's not the prettiest, and honestly, he's his swing is prone to hit shanks, which we've seen him hit a lot of shanks before. But it's still... It, it makes it work. He can shoot 22 under and win a tournament. But another big thing for him, the reason he won is he made, he he faced 57 putts, seven feet, inside seven feet, and he made 56 of them, which is ridiculously good on putting. And that's where I think he made a lot of his stuff is he's consistent enough with his swing to, for, with the driver at least, to get the ball out in the fairway. Then he's consistent enough with his irons to, not make huge misses, and when he hits a good shot, hit it really close. 
But then his short game is just, it's it's really, really good, which ties into something you said, Landry, of just short game matters. Like, there's, I don't care if you hit the ball 450 yards, if it takes you three putts to get into the hole, that it it, it ruins the 400-yard drive. Like, it, it yeah, that's, that's kind of what I took from it, or I, I at least took from Webb Simpson. Um, now, during the tournament, and I, Carter, I was going to ask you this. Who was your favorite to win that tournament? We all, I believe Webb Simpson wasn't even in your mind and win that tournament, especially the tournament before that. I don't know what happened, um, but I did not believe that in this week's tournament that Webb Simpson was going to win it. Nobody even thought of Webb Simpson. Uh, so what was your favorite going into that tournament? My pick was probably JT because, I mean, his swing looked pretty sharp. He was been sharp earlier in the year. The course, I think, kind of suited his playing style. Um, but, you know, he just he didn't get it done. Uh, but that was probably my favorite going into the week. Um, my favorite going into the week, it was a tie between Ricky and DJ. I know all you're going to say, oh, well, you favor the top players in the world. Well, because of what they do. And I'm a huge Dustin fan. I've been a huge fan of him since back in 17 because I loved how far he hit the ball and how his short game absolutely got him out of um, trouble, especially with his long distances. You see a lot of people. Not anymore. Yeah, not anymore, of course. But <laughs> and, why, and the reason I like Ricky is because he's so popular. But yet the one thing I hate and I and I know hate's a strong word, but hate about Ricky is you see him and you see his great swing and he used to have this amazing short game and now it's like it's 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 even tough for him to win a tournament. I mean, look at his career. Sure he came up like in top five in all the majors in two thousand fourteen and he won the players title in twenty fifteen. But what has he done since? I mean, the last tournament he won, he won at the Waste Manager Phoenix Open. He almost choked. So that's why But I've always, he's always been my uh, favorite going to any tournament. But I, like I said, we never expected what the outcome was of, of the tournament. Thank you guys for listening to this episode. If you don't already, go follow us on Instagram at The Perfect Par Podcast. Share us around with your friends. Uh, If you like the podcast, leave a review wherever you listen, Spotify, Apple, Google, anywhere you listen, please leave a review. It helps us out a lot. If you have any recommendations or you'd like to be a guest on the podcast with me and Landry, go ahead and email us at theperfectparpodcast at gmail.com or you can uh, send a private message to us on our Instagram account. So until next time, hit bombs, hit pins, and make the perfect part.